Hello and welcome to episode 12 of North Point Plus. This is our follow-up podcast to the messages that we have on Sunday mornings. You guys submit questions, we continue the conversation. It's uh, it's fun. I don't know, I'll let you know. I think so. <laughs> this is my first time, so I'll let you know fun. if it's fun or not. Yes, I am finally joined by the highly requested, kind of, Chris Carter. <laughs> highly, as in no one said please don't. So that's good. Exactly. Uh, Chris, we are. We just wrapped up just our, finished it, yep. our sermon series on God's design, mm-hmm. and you. Uh, we were saving the best for last. The last for last. We, we were saving, saving the last, last for last. Bring exactly. it home. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and we talked about uh, marriage and singleness. Marriage and singleness. So give me the uh, give me the bird's eye view of what we talked about yesterday. Uh, so this is kind of a, this is a big issue like in my world right now. This is something that I'm uh, uh, passionate about. Is this idea that marriage is a picture of the gospel? Yep. So how Jesus treats his people. And yeah. uh, so marriage, it's important for us to have marriages that reflect that, that look like that. And if marriage is not your path right now, if you are single, and I use the phrase still or again, um, then that, that's for a season, and that's, a, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing, too. And so lean right. into that, see what God has for you. So that was, that was 20 minutes, 30 minutes worth of talking there. Great. We should just do it in the 30-second <coughs> version, huh? We could. I like it. Our views might go up. <laughs> I don't know about engagement. Eh, yeah. <laughs> well, we got uh, nine questions that came in, and we're gonna uh, we'll see how many we can get through. Maybe okay. we'll rapid fire them. Yeah, bring them. We'll wrap this up in two minutes. I'll go short answers. Great. <laughs> uh, so the first question, I just love this because there's so many questions that come in where it's like, I don't know. Yeah. But maybe you know. Maybe oh. you do know. Maybe you have the secret insight. Well, I'll come up to, with something uh, to everything we're talking about. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> uh, Chuck submitted a question. Wants to know. Uh, so we talked about Genesis. Yeah. Adam's created. Eve yep. created. The fall. Yep. What fruit did they eat? What mm-hmm. was the fruit that Adam and Eve ate? It was it was the fruit. Yeah, what kind? Yeah, it, that's it. That's what we know. What's your least favorite fruit? It's or maybe most favorite fruit. We know that it was good that's looking, true. desirable to the eyes, right? It tasted good for food, and somehow it gave wisdom. So we know it's not raisins. <laughs> I have no idea. It could be raisins. I don't. Yeah, be. scripture doesn't tell us. So yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever you want it to be. Yep, that's what it is. Choose your own adventure fruit. Yes, most uh, most children's Bibles choose an apple. I don't know why that is. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it was a golden delicious. Uh, they're not gold nor delicious. I know. Hey, I'm sorry if you really like those. Then God bless you. Yeah, you have to up your taste in apples. <laughs> have you had Honeycrisp? Oh, see, once you go there, you can never go back. I know that's where I'm at. I was at a supermarket one yeah. time, and a lady came up to me and she asked me what my favorite apple was, and yeah. I said, "Of course, Honeycrisp." Yeah. My wife is like an apple connoisseur. Is she really? That's insane. Maybe we're. That's why we're destined to be best friends. I have no idea. She's just like, guys, she knows what every apple tastes like. And she's yeah. like, no, you don't want that one. I just Well, the, the lady in the supermarket said her favorite apple was a gala. And mm. I thought we can never really be friends. Oh. Like, we can be close, but I know that will always be a barrier. They're pretty good. They're not bad. Popular. But we're talking about apples now, crisp? which is not the fruit. I mean, maybe it's the fruit in we the garden. Know. We don't know. We don't know. But anyway, so it might go. have been golden delicious. That's, so that's more than anybody wants to know about apples, probably from Mark <laughs> and Chris. It's the Mark and Chris show, <laughs> compelling apple content. So <laughs> <laughs> all the apple growers, we're going to get lots of write-ins from folks yes. growing apples. This, this How dare you put down golden people. delicious? <laughs> I apologize. Chris apologizes. I, yeah, I stand my by my opinion. <laughs> Uh, this next question, I think, is just great because it paints a, yeah. a wonderful picture in my mind of how God has a sense of humor. <laughs> so this question came in, talks about during the creation of the woman. So we know that Adam was put put into a sleep or was asleep. God takes out his rib. Eve is created and they're married. So the question is, did Adam sleep through <laughs> his wedding ceremony? <laughs> Which I think is a, just a funny picture. Is this an anonymous <laughs> question, or is it's an this anonymous a, question? Of course, this is an anonymous <laughs> of question is. because there's, 
Yeah. It's from someone's wife whose husband also slept through their wedding ceremony, and yeah. they're wondering if that's biblical. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to play with that. Um, <laughs> what do we know? We don't know. We just know that Adam was put into some kind of sleep, that God took a rib out. That couldn't have been a pleasant experience, but I don't know. God figured that out. And it says that uh, in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, 22, it says, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and uh, take it out of the man, and he brought her to the man, and the man said... Yeah. So somewhere in there, Adam must have woke up when God walks a naked woman down an aisle to him. Somewhere in there, he sat up and said, well, hello, <laughs> or whatever that sounded like. <laughs> it's a great wedding ceremony. Yeah, I'm not doing the joke. The joke the joke is he said, whoa, man, that's just too easy. That's low-hanging fruit. Back to fruit again, but I won't do that. Maybe, was that the forbidden fruit? Was it dad jokes? <laughs> <laughs> could be, could, could have been. Let's not get down that theological rabbit trail. Oh, that's, that's gonna that's gonna really anger people. That's dangerous. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when Adam stepped to the party, but somewhere he did. And it's a fun picture. He engaged in the process. So, <laughs> all right. So this question comes in. Uh, this is also anonymous, but this question. Um, so we talked about singleness. Yeah. And this this question came in uh, about halfway through the message, and the person asked, uh, "What do single people get out of the the marriage sermon?" Which we talked about at the toward the end of that message. So yeah. there is a singleness portion, but what I think, and, and maybe you, know, you can ignore my question because who cares what I think? <laughs> I care. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's important for uh, people, regardless of what other stage of life they're at, married, yeah. single, still, again, wherever, um, are the principles of marriage that still apply yeah. even when you're not married. Yeah. And I, what we've talked about as a staff and, and talked about it in prepping this message is that even when you're single, you still have commitment. Mm-hmm. It might not be to a spouse, uh, but it's to your church, mm-hmm. to family, to friends. So what are those principles that are kind of universal across marriage and singleness that are biblical, that are apply, and that are part of God's design? Yeah, sure. I mean, we can go back to the uh, the, the words that we used for manhood, uh, engage, responsible, intentional. We'd go to the the words that we used for uh, womanhood of collaborative, uh, compassionate, and that extra measure of trust, we could go there. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a whole different direction if I can, and say um, I think it's a great question, and certainly we address singleness in the in the in the message yesterday, yep. and First Corinthians seven addresses it pretty deeply. But um, the other component to that is uh, single people have married people in their world. Yeah, and. And I mean, maybe I'm I'm out on a limb a bit here, but sometimes they can be a little more objective because they're not engaged <laughs> yes. in that process. And so, yeah. uh, if you're married and you're listening to this, yep. I mean, this could be just ask your single people how they think your marriage is going. Could you imagine that oh, insanity man. right there? Uh, so that'd you be kind of cool. Open up. I know. I don't want to. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm just <laughs> saying other people should because do it. For other people, <laughs> it'd be great for other people. Um, so there is that that reality that single yeah. people have married people in the world. They they potentially came from a uh, a married household, maybe, yep. and what they saw in that household was maybe great, maybe not so great. Yep. And so just to hear the components of what makes a healthy, biblical, God-honoring marriage, I think that there's yep. something for everybody in that. Yep. Uh, a lot of the times our singles are uh, so, uh, teens, you know, youngers in their 20s, so marriage yep. might be on the horizon for them at some point, so they're thinking future. Um, and I'm just, I'm just catching that it's a lot easier to pick the right spouse than to fix the wrong one. Mm. And so... Um, so there's something to that is if, if marriage is on the horizon, that's what they're thinking about and heading yeah. towards, you know, that, that they're thinking about, well, what kind of spouse do I want? What kind of, yeah. what does that look like? What, what would right. that relationship look like? And even evaluating that dating relationship in terms of, is this, 
looking promising right. <laughs> and going anywhere. Right. So I don't know if that yeah. makes sense or not, but no, that's, that's great. Thinking. Well, and I think it, it, it applies too and talks about, I mean, we talked about <clears throat> when we went through the maleness and femaleness of, of God's design and talking about how this applies regardless of the stage that you're in. And it's not about, I mean, sometimes it's the motivator of like, you know, be the person that sure. your spouse wants you to be. So be sure. responsible, intentional, engaged. And, um, but a lot of it too is like, it's, it's enough motivation and it's difficult enough to walk it out consistently just to walk in God's design yeah. as he lays it out. I mean, set aside motivation of getting married or, or trying to win over the spouse, but just walking in God's yeah. design yeah. Uh, is a good motivator because that's where we really come alive. Mm-hmm. Um, married, single, young, old, yeah. high school, college, professional, wherever you're at. So that's, I don't know, yeah. that's good. the big thing. Good, good question. I like it. All right, <coughs> so this... Um, you can you can almost sense the baggage that people carry with this question of uh, singleness in the church tends to carry the reputation of mm. you're broken, you're not really fulfilled until you're married. Mm. So it is the church's role and it is our role as people of the church to fix up and set up on blind dates every single person that we know until there's no more single people in the church. Yeah, Is that a right mentality? And if it's not, how do we lovingly walk alongside and correct that mentality <laughs> yeah I, you know, I can't i can't remember being part of a church that like that was in their mission statement right like we will fix up all broken single people right um so i i don't know i don't know if churches think that when we think church organization institution sure. Or if it's the sweet little old lady sitting in pew seven <laughs> who's like, she's adorable, she needs a husband, and then wants to love that person, which, I don't know, on one hand, it's kind of sweet. Right. Uh, and right. so that's, I don't know, to be taken maybe with a measure of grace. Sure. And uh, thanks There's for worse it. ways that you could love someone. Yeah, there, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, uh, I have friends in Poland. Poland has a whole different... Uh, a list of things that are inappropriate to talk about mm. in, in, poli- in, in, in group settings or in personal settings. Sure. One of the things that's not uh, on that list, it's completely okay to talk about, is if you've gained any weight. And uh. so when I show up to Poland, they will pat my stomach and say, <laughs> oh, now that doesn't make me feel good, but I know they love me. And it's not out of like malice, you know, or oh, that I'm yeah. broken. It really is out of a care for my, you know. That's what they say anyway. <laughs> well, that's that's what the book told me. So, so I just I just tell that story. I say that because sometimes I think it could just be out of a sure a genuine care and, and love. But but the question behind the question, and like you say, baggage. You know, maybe there's been harm that's been done by that, or yeah. someone has literally told them, like, right. well, you're not whole. Right. Um, and that's obviously a different uh, situation. And so, the question in there is, how do we m- make people figure that out? And I'm like, man, if you figure that out, let me know how to make people do anything. Um, the only thing I got is uh, teach good, consistent scripture. Yeah. I mean, that First Corinthians seven passage, it, it, the the word um, where where Paul says, you know, it, it's it's good, it's a yeah. good thing. If you look that word up in the Greek, it's got this um, depth behind it that's amazing, yeah. like beautiful, handsome. I mean, it uses all the beauty words yeah. that we might use. Uh, that they, our English translations just uses, right? Good, <laughs> but but it's got it's got such depth to it in the original Greek, yeah. and so um, so helping people understand that, and probably because you can't make people think differently, like you can't make them think differently, yeah. but certainly you can be aware that you're not right. broken or missing or not whole, 
because, and I know we both agree, we've talked about right. this a bit, that our identity is rooted in Christ. That's right. where our wholeness comes from. Right. And uh, outside of that, there's these other components that make up life and whatnot. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. That yeah. makes sense? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, too, I mean, whenever there's any situation, topic, anything worth wrestling with, I, it always, the most convicting passage to me in Scripture, at least for the last few years, is uh, in Romans where it talks about the weaker brother. Hmm. And the convicting part is not the weaker brother. It's Paul's call to the stronger brother not to correct, not to make them think something else, yeah, sure. but to walk alongside them, to welcome them in, to be in joy and relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And so even in something like this where it's like, ugh, all they talk about is the fact that I'm single. Yeah. All they talk about is wanting to fix me up. And, oh, have you, met, have you talked to this person? They right. just came. <laughs> we just met them, but they're single. They don't have a ring, so you must be compatible. Right. So putting all that aside, am I able to walk in joy even though there's things that are annoying or frustrating? Sure. Um, that, to me, is the convicting part. Yeah. Is Paul's call is not to make them think something else. Right. It's to welcome them, to so, walk alongside them. So is there a way you could play that? Like, so if it's that same person that's coming yeah. back to you, like, hey, you should be like, you know, if you'd pay for them and I and, uh, and you to go out <laughs> to, you know, Red Lobster or somewhere, that would barely help. You like, could you scam free meals out of it is all I'm trying yeah. to say. That's surely what Paul means by welcoming and welcoming. No, probably not. But I'm just trying to think <laughs> if there's someone who's really invested in your relationship life, you yeah. know, then um, I don't know. There's, you're on to something there. I don't know. I'm on. That's <laughs> just something. Yeah. Anyways. All right. All right. Next question. Um. Dating advice. Yeah. So as our resident love guru <laughs> for... <laughs> Man, I hope my wife watches this episode. That's She's just going to turn it off right there. You get a lot of questions from this. That's where it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for people that are... You're not fully single. You're in a relationship. You're in a dating relationship. Maybe you're in high school and you're kind of figuring out what dating looks like. Um, and you're not married. Whoa. I don't know. You can take the question however you want. Is there one piece of dating advice that you want to give? Or is there general principles of, you know, you're you're in this in-between where you're not single, you're in a committed relationship, but you're not fully committed in terms of marriage. Where do you fit? What do you do? What's the easy answer? Jeez, <laughs> yeah. Where do you go with that, right? I mean, um, uh, so I, I'm thinking of... Uh, 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 tw- 20 something because my yeah. advice to a 15 year old <laughs> who's in a committed relationship might might would be very different than if it's a 25 year old in a committed those relationship qu- those quotes just hurt Did every you, high schooler out i there. don't mean that <laughs> high schoolers give me a second i'll come back to you in a minute but uh but if you're in a station of life where marriage might actually be on the horizon it's yeah. not when you're 15 yeah. um then yeah i think that you know advice would be different yeah um I mean, I'll just go back to maybe what I said before. It's easy to pick the right person, easier to pick the right person than try and fix the yes. wrong one. So, um, you know, we get this great picture in Scripture where, where it talks about being unequally yoked. Yeah. And I know we we use that a lot, but that, that picture of uh, two oxen that are driving the same direction at the same tempo at the yep. same speed, and that yoke was designed to to harness that strength. Yep. Um, that's just this, it, that section of scripture is talking about business relationships, which is super interesting because we always yeah. apply it to marriage and we never apply it to business relationships because, yeah. you know, weird. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, if it's for business relationships, how much more so for right. a marriage relationship, right. which is so much more uh, depth and right. lasting and commitment and whatnot. So, so I'd say, you know, pick the right person, um, vet that person, spend time with that person. 
Um, COVID has made dating uh, for lots of uh, 20-somethings really weird. Mm-hmm. So lots of virtual dating. And I don't, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm old, but I don't know how you really get to know someone well virtually dating. <laughs> virtually dating <laughs> is exactly you what can I really, to say. <laughs> you can really get to know someone when you're playing Fortnite with yeah, them. I, well, yeah, and you can. It's a great way to start. But at some <laughs> point, you got to be in the same room and find out, you know, if they actually look like their avatar. <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, I just say, you know, do that, do that, put that effort in to, to figure out if yeah. they're the right person. You know, I've done this long enough and heard enough stories that, um, that person you're dating, they're not going to change. Yeah. They're going to be the, if you marry them, they're going to be that same person. Right. So if they're lazy now, they're going to be lazy. If they are not committed to Christ now, and, and Jesus can do whatever he wants, right? He changes people. Yep. I don't want to discount that, but it's not the experience that they get married and all of a sudden get into. Yeah who Jesus is, unless the Lord grabs the heart. If they're bad with money now, they're going to be bad with money when you get married. Yep. If they deprioritize you now, they're going to deprioritize Okay, so you see where I'm, I'm So yep. I just, I would just say put that en- that energy into the front side, I guess, yeah. if I had to boil it down to, yep. what would you say? You're a dad of a daughter. Oh, this, man. This matters the question, what am I going to tell my daughter? You don't date until you're married. <laughs> don't, that's going <laughs> to get awkward. Daughter. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, I mean, I think the the story you brought up at the end, uh, was what was related to Julie and I when we were engaged, mm. when we were going through premarital counseling, was the idea of running that race. Um, and the phrase that was used for us in our in our premarital counseling was, marriage will not make you happy. Marriage should make you holy. Mm. And so that is the priority of our focus is Jesus. If I'm running towards Jesus, my wife will run next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should be the goal. And so I find that person <coughs> that... I want to do life with because we're both running toward the same thing. And like you said, it can happen. Yeah. Jesus changes people. Yep. Jesus yep. saves people. Yep. Sure. Thank God for God. Yep. Right. <laughs> That's a good thing. But by and large, a lot of those principles that people are founded in, especially in their twenties and thirties and forties, all of that gets kind of grounded more of, of who you are as a person, how you live your life day to day, how you manage your money, how you work, <clears throat> your values on family, like all of that is not something that just switches overnight and gets fixed when you say I do. Um, And so understanding that you're not married until you're married is good advice. I think a lot of people think, well, we've been dating for two years or three years. And so awesome. We might as well get married. You're just dating. (laughs) You're not married yet. It's different. Um, It's totally different. And so understanding God's design for that. And I think again, uh, what you had brought up in the message yesterday was that, and and I always say this, when I'm doing premarital counseling or for even for couples that I've married is your marriage. The cool thing about Christian marriage is it's, it's barely even about you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's about Christ and the church and you know, men <clears throat> live well when you love your wife, like Christ loves the church and women live well when you love Christ, like the church follows and loves Christ like that. That's what your marriage is a picture of mm-hmm. for the people around you in your life. And so that's, I don't know if you find someone that hears that and is like, yep, I'm on board with that. That's at least a good starting point, (laughs) a good direction. I think uh, I got two thoughts rolling in my head. One is, um, so couples living together Mm -hmm. that aren't married. Yeah. That's sort of like, I call it, I was, I'm going to, I'll just offend someone. That's okay. I'm (laughs) I'm offensive. (laughs) Um, Commitment-ish. It's not really commitment. Yep. It's commitment-ish. It's a little past dating, sort of. Yeah. And, but it's not marriage yet. And uh, when they run the statistics, the statistics on these, it's actually uh, folks that cohabitate before they're married. 
it's like 25 or 45 percent chance that higher chance that they're going to get a divorce. Hmm. And a lot of that is because they call it a slide into marriage. They don't yeah. actually make a conscious decision. That's what you just said that made me think of that. Yeah. Oh, we've been dating for a few years or living together for a few years. Right. We should just get married. It's Tuesday. And um, <laughs> uh, right. And there's just some challenge with that because there's not that that commitment moment right. decision. It really right. is just a slide into it. And so then it's just different. And right. so, I mean, you can love it or hate it, but the statistics say right. much higher. Right. The other thing I'm thinking is I, do, I don't want to ignore 15-year-olds because yeah. I slided them earlier. but Because um, <laughs> there's no 15-year-olds watching this, I don't They think. know you know what Fortnite is. So. I, barely. <laughs> but I could do, I'm not doing the dance. But, um, <laughs> but there are parents of 15-year-olds watching this. And so if you're watching this and you're a parent of a teenager, 12, 13, whatever the age is, man, I... The Christian community, I, this is my opinion. This is not, thus saith the Lord. This is, thus saith Chris. You heard so, it here. Yeah, that's just, don't don't stone me. But uh, back in the early 90s, there was this whole, you know, I kiss dating goodbye movement. And whatever you feel about that, fantastic. Got I love you. On Jesus my loves you. I have no doubt right there. <laughs> um, but one thing that it did do is it put a lot of pressure yeah. on teenagers to court. Mm-hmm. Kids who can't, don't, won't, aren't able to make their beds, make their lunch, uh, uh, drive a car, uh, sign a contract. All of a sudden, they had to like put all this 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 energy behind like one of the most important decisions they'll ever make. Right, that they're gonna marry this other thirteen year old <laughs> in seven years. That's a ton of pressure. Yeah, and so uh, and so we always with our girls, we always kind of pushed back against that and said, why do you have to? be in a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship with anybody? What if you just dated a bunch of people? And I know we got to be cautious about this sure. in contemporary culture and the names that kids get called if they have a date this Friday with this person and this friend. So, but, but under all of that, in, in 20-something years of youth ministry, the most drama that I saw in this area came from the boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of us are surprised as parents to recognize they're just not mature enough yet right. for that. I haven't met one yet. Maybe yours is, you know, but I haven't Props met one yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know. If, there, if there's some way to just push against that and help them be kids. Yeah. And if they think that boy's cute and he wants to buy him um, around a mini golf, like go for it. Yeah. But let's not slap a label on it. Of, right. Well, that's my boyfriend now. And uh, tons of pressure right. to do that. So dating advice, in terms of dating advice, parents, stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> stop putting the pressure on them. Yeah. Because um, a lot of the times it comes from parents Right. Oh, are you dating someone? Oh, are right. you? Or who's your boyfriend, girlfriend now? Right. Oh, are you? And it's like, oh, stop it. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it. it comes from like you as a parent. And who am I to give parenting advice? My daughter's not even four months old yet. You're doing so, well so far, though. She's yeah, not dating she's anyone that we're aware not of. Dating anyone. She has kissed dating goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, that burden that you you see a mile down the road that your kid is headed on. Yeah. And all of the potential things that could happen or the things that have happened in your life and so you see oh s- dating means boyfriend girlfriend this is what that meant for me right so overcorrect or don't correct at all right. and that's what we that tends to happen um yeah and so removing that pressure and again just <laughs> i don't know i'm an overly simplistic person but it's about that relationship with jesus yeah and that's what it would all come back to is why do you want to date yeah you can have that question. Have the discussion. Yeah. Communicate with your kids yeah. and ha- have them rationally walk through that. Yeah. Go on dates. Fine. Right. Right. Do you do you need a boyfriend right now? A girlfriend right now? Right. Yeah. So and I having that conversation, I think, is communication is needed. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I feel I feel pretty good saying this, being on this side of uh, nearly this side of <laughs> parenting yeah. two teenage girls through yeah. the navigation of one's married, so you know. Whew, 
The other one, <laughs> you know, we're just we're right at the last couple miles of this puppy, so yep. we'll see what happens. You got it. Anyways. All right. Um, this is an interesting question because I think this um, fits in line with, I think, how the world sees Christianity, sees the church, is that you're just a bunch of hypocrites. Mm. Why are Christians just as bad at marriage or sometimes worse at marriage in terms of statistics when it seems like, you know, we've got all the answers. Yeah. We've got the playbook. Yeah. Why do our marriages end in divorce yeah. and uh, spousal abuse and emotional abuse and trauma and tragedy? Why are we just as bad as everybody else, Chris? Yeah, there's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you hit hypocrite. That's probably important. Yep. Uh, statistically, it's, yeah, right down the road, the Christians are just a sl- slightly less uh, yep. than than the, you know, whatever you want to call it, non-Christian yep. world in terms of divorce. Yep. Um, and there's lots of folks who write on this and think through this and have the statistics on this, and none of them know. Yep. So I would I hesitate to say this is the answer. But there was a quote I read yesterday, and it, and it just... Uh, from a really good uh, theological treaty on what marriage is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been married 26 years. I've been doing church stuff for, for just longer than that. And I have, I have never been captured by the fact that, that marriage really is this picture of the gospel. So you said it a minute ago, it's less about me and Emily and so much more yeah. about what that picture of Emily and I's relationship looks like because it mirrors Jesus and the church. We don't get that. We don't think like that. I'm not sure how many of us care about that. Yeah. Um, and so when we don't care about that, then what, is it, what, what does it matter? I mean, right. you think of someone who isn't a Christ follower, they get bored in the relationship. Well, of course you eject. Right. You just get out. What, why would we do anything different? Uh, well, Christ followers are different because, because our marriage is different, because the whole purpose of marriage is different, because the goal is different, because the... Uh, the picture we're painting is different. So yeah. I don't know. It probably has something to do with not wrapping our heads around that reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, yeah. And I think it, <clears throat> uh, on its, on its face, it doesn't surprise me right. that Christians, Jesus followers wrestle with the same things that non Jesus followers also wrestle with yeah. because you're both fallen. Yeah. <laughs> so I think a lot of marriages, Christian or non-Christian have a lot of hurt and sin in them, unfortunately, because we have a lot of hurt and sin in the world Mm -hmm. and sinful people. And two sinful people make up every single marriage, except, thankfully, (laughs) for the marriage that's shown in Scripture of Jesus and the church. Um, And so even though we have these imperfect pictures, at least they're pictures that point towards Jesus. And hopefully, uh, uh, that's always been, I mean, that's, that's what I cling to the hope that i cling to is like what i love to say because i mess up often (laughs) is at least in my marriage i can show my wife i can show julie like i fail as a husband thankfully we serve jesus who never fails as a husband yeah I, i will tell my daughter i fail as a father but thankfully, we serve a father that never fails. Right. That you never have to go through the hurt that I've put you through. Right. Um, and so allowing that to be a gospel picture that we keep pointing back to, I think, is key. Yeah, I think sometimes sometimes when we talk about marriage and whatnot, I, I tend to truck down a road that's common to my experience. And yeah. I forget that, that there's folks that I might inadvertently offend or hurt who have been divorced for legit reasons. Yes. Like there are, and you mentioned sin comes into the picture, and there are... Um, some levels yep. of unrepentant sin yep. that I, I don't know another option for. Right. There are some scenarios of physical, uh, emotional right. uh, danger 
that I don't know another option for because we do live in a sin-broken world and people are sinful. Right. We hope to Christ followers who get it and are right. different, but, um, you know, that's, that's not always the picture. And so yeah. uh, as much as I want to push hard on the importance of marriage and staying married, yeah. because I think more often than not, it, it's not those outlier scenarios. Right. It's just the, well, that person doesn't make me happy. Right. And uh, I talk about this a lot with people who come and want to talk about, um, oh, hey, you know, I'm thinking about getting divorced. What are your thoughts? I'm like, it's way more expensive <laughs> to get divorced <laughs> than it is to put that energy and money right. into trying to fix it. Right. So how about that first? How about, so I don't know. I, I don't, but I don't want to discount our folks who did what they could do, did all that they could do, but there was no other yeah. um, option. Yep. No, that's a great, yeah. a great point. Um, this is a great question. I mean, even coming out of that, that topic of, uh, marriage and Christians and, and how we walk through that, uh, this person asked, um, can slash should Christians marry someone who isn't a Christ follower? And what about if you're currently married to someone that does not have a relationship with Jesus? So maybe you are yeah. married and you came yeah. to know Jesus, you sure. came to a relationship and your husband or your wife wants nothing to do with it. Yeah. The first half of that question, and because they're not in here having this conversation, it's so much easier to say, nope, don't do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> nope. Don't marry somebody who doesn't love Jesus. Yeah. Uh, that's super easy to say. Right. I don't I don't know where the question came from, obviously, but um, I mean, maybe it's just an intellectual experience that they're trying sure. to think through. More, more, more likely is that they've been in a relationship or dating someone who doesn't know Jesus, and they're mm. like, what do I do now? Mm. And I, I say, eject. I say that it's not as easy as that. Right. So, but yeah, no, man, my advice would be it's so much easier to pick the right person than to try to fix the wrong person. Right. Uh, it gets way more challenging in the second half of the question. Right. Uh, what do you do once that person, you know, if maybe you guys met as whatever you were and then one of you, you know, just begins chasing Jesus and the other one's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Mm. And the scripture's got some clarity there. You know, it says, uh, it says, hang in there. Um, see what you do, what you can do. Um, who knows, maybe by your lifestyle, hmm. um, you'll show Christ to that other person. Um, and again, all the caveats are there that right. you know, you're in a safe place and you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, but it's no easy road. And uh, big chunks of my counseling is, is folks coming in going, hey, I'm, I want to go this direction and my spouse doesn't. Yeah. What do we do? And it, there's nothing easy to it. Yeah. Um, but I think there's there's opportunity there for you to to hang in there. Yeah. Uh, show Jesus to them. Yep. Love them in the way that Christ would, because again, it may be the only real picture right. of Jesus that they see. So. Yeah. Yeah. When I think to, I, I mean, it again, th- this is all easy to say with no one in yeah. here. There's no personal examples. That yeah. Well, and it sounds different when you're talking to somebody having this conversation. Right. It's so easy to be like, yeah, don't do it. Right. Whatever you do. Just <laughs> right. Don't. Well, and it makes me. I mean, it, the the opportunity that you have, I, I think of. God in the Old Testament and his faithfulness faithfulness mm-hmm. to Israel yeah. and all the times that they basically, I mean, he, the language that he uses is that, that they cheated on him yeah, right. over and over and over again. I'm the faithful husband. You're cheating on yeah. me. And the consistent example that we are given is God is faithful yeah. and sticks with it. Yeah. And that's the relationship that you get to see. So to have the opportunity to have that be the story that you give to your spouse mm-hmm. of I'm chasing Jesus it's clear that you're not. You've said that you're not. It's evident that you're not. And I'm going to choose to love you mm-hmm. in spite of that yeah. and through all of what that. What better picture visual of... Oh, amazing. Yeah. An amazing picture. Yeah, and and then so, and then not easy. Right. Again, like, it's easy to say. Extra kudos, <laughs> like double blessing. Right. On, like, that's amazing. And then on that day when that person 
dies and stands eyeball to eyeball with Jesus, mm-hmm. and he says, "Well done, yeah, good." And I mean, I don't know. Maybe that we both just got chills. I know I felt it too. <laughs> but just that idea of well done, and that was what I, I called you to do. Yeah, and uh, and who knows? Right. Who knows what will happen in the life of that other spouse? Yeah. But I'll circle back to picking the right person. <laughs> it's so much easier than fixing the wrong person. Yes. Um, yeah, but always we don't always have that choice. So right. I get it. I get it. Yep. Yeah. Good question. All right. Uh, this is a this is a cool question because I think this this kind of speaks to where different people are at in terms of when they get married and, and where they're at. So this question came in. Uh, we talked about how marriage was instituted by God starts with Adam and Eve, ends with the marriage feast that we read about in Revelation, yeah. and we have this in between. Um, so if marriage is an institute before God and is and this couple has only been married through the eyes of the government. Hmm. So you went to a courthouse, you eloped, you didn't have a pastor. Do they need to get married by a pastor in order for it to be valid under the eyes of God? Yes. And only me. <laughs> yes. And what I charge for that <laughs> is uh what what's the, what do you think what do you think that's coming from? I'm just kinda like I think there's probably examples of either people that Maybe their parents, or, the, or maybe they're in this situation where, hey, they were young, or for certain circumstances, nah. you know, let's just sure. get married. Sure, like, sure. We don't want to go through the whole rigmarole. Yeah. Let's just go get married. I'm for it. And then you sit under Chris's sermon. Oh. Chris's message where he says, you have to be married under the eyes of God. Oh. And you look at each other and you're like, did we do that? Oh. Are we really married? No. Oh. <laughs> did I say that? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. I might have. <laughs> I think uh, marriage is interesting. Yeah. It's such a cultural thing. Right. So if we think about how the Jews did it back in the time when the Bible was written, that would involve like a whole week of partying and on like day one or two, don't yeah. quote me on this, like the newlywed couple would go into the tent and a few days later they'd come out and they'd keep me partying like this whole, <laughs> uh, your extended relatives and like yeah. the neighbors and so, and that was marriage. There was right. no governmental involvement. There was well, no uh, if church. We're, if we're going back to our original question, yeah. we should do it like Adam and Eve. Where the man falls asleep, you rip out his ribs. Somebody <laughs> listed as God walks her down the aisle without clothing, and then the dude it, pronounces it, some weird words. It's biblical, I, yeah, just because it's in the Bible. <laughs> Donald would say it's so. So marriage is this cultural thing, right? Yeah. So, um, so to the, uh, the the answer I would give to the question is no. You don't have to do anything other than. But if you want to, do that too. Yeah. If you want to throw a party and invite your friends, because sure. we all know we, we have friends that uh, that's what they did. They went down on their lunch break and yeah. got uh, got married at the courthouse. Yeah. And they've never done anything else. They feel good about it. Fantastic. Marriage is marriage. Great. Um, one of the one of the questions that that I get a lot is um, if and when the government decides to say pastors have to marry anybody and everybody to anybody and anybody, mm-hmm. what will you do? And uh, I've always said, well, it's not a big deal. We just get out of the marriage business. Right. Like, I don't have to do governmental uh, weddings. <clears throat> so those couples who want a church wedding, go to the courthouse, get your official license thing that gives you the tax write-off and the ability sure. to change your name <laughs> or whatever, you know. And then if you want to do a church party, we can do that too. Yeah. Or if you don't care about the tax write-off and the, you know, whatever benefits come with this legally government-recognized yeah. uh, marriage, then just do it at your house with your friends and family and right. like call that. I mean, whatever you do to, to, to signify that right. commitment, um, I guess that's what matters. Yeah. How that looks, right. That uh, just becomes just a very cultural, yep. cultural thing. Yeah. It reminds me, this won't sound related, but I promise it is. Related I'm going to track with you. Point. Yeah. So there was a woman I knew growing up who got baptized. Um, 
baptized by immersion. So you dunk them all the way into the water, they come back up. And she, for the longest time, wrestled with the idea that she wasn't fully baptized mm. because her hair wasn't wet. Mm. So she was pushed down, but was pulled up so quickly that her hair, she yeah. didn't get the full immersion. So she yeah. had this wrestling thought of, oh my gosh, I wasn't really baptized yeah. because I wasn't dripping wet from head to toe. And I think we can get into that mindset when it comes to marriage. Of, yeah. Well, I, I did it at a church, but I don't go to that church anymore. Or right. that pastor isn't in my life anymore. Or we did it at a courthouse. And we didn't have a pastor. So are we really, and it's like, that's now we're, now we're elevating things that aren't really right. what they're meant to be. Right. Um, so yeah, it's about your marriage is about that commitment to Christ through each other. Right. Are you doing that? Right. Great. Right. Right. And whatever you use to signify that, right. If it's white dress and black suit in church aisle, or if it's out at the river or at your parents' house or, you know, whatever. Yeah. That's great. If you care about the governmental component, the, well, I want my tax write off and, uh, my stuff to go to all that's legally stuff. Yep. Um, then yeah, do that too. Great. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Last question. All right. It's a kind of a two-parter because they're basically asking the same thing. Like it. But there's an interesting part in the second part that I want to keep. I want to. <laughs> Don't let me forget. I want to keep in. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so this comes from the Jarvis Life Group. So thanks, Life That's Group. That's a good Life Group, by the way. I like that group. <laughs> uh. So you uh spoke on uh, one of the passages you mentioned was about leaving and cleaving. Oh yeah which is great language. Leave it and cleave it. It's like, wasn't there a show in the 60s? Leave it to cleave it? Leave it to, oh, leave it to cleaver? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a huge hit. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Does that apply to both men and women mm. in terms of leaving their families, or is it just the man? Yeah. So when you leave, when you're left and cleft, yeah. who is left and cleft? <laughs> left and cleft. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any reason biblically to assume it's only to the men. Yeah. Um, in the three places it's used in Genesis, right? Genesis two, God, God, uh, God and Adam are having that dialogue or whatever, and it seems to be about Adam because that's the last person there. In Matthew, Jesus uses it, and they're asking about um, uh, can can a woman divorce her husband for any reason or yeah. you know, vice versa, and so um, uh, it's used of of a man there only because that's the order. And then in Ephesians five, it's yep. used again, but it's talking to husbands. So. So it, I can I can see how it would indicate or, or yeah. lean towards well it must be men because it's always men that but I think that's more just the way the dialogue was going right the word in in Greek is is anthropos which is the word that um, it just means people mankind yep. with a, a clear lean away from any any gender specificity yeah um, so no I think it's for men and women and I think it's a huge issue. Yeah. This leaving and cleaving thing is a huge issue. Leaving your family of origin. So when you get married, you that that word for leave is a really uh brutal word. Yeah, it sounds harsh. It's harsh. You take it in its meaning. It's what it said. I mean, it, it is reject, yeah. leave in the past, leave in the dust, don't think about again. I mean, it, it's extreme. I'm not saying you don't think about your family. No, great. Thanksgiving's just us. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta figure this stuff out. But um because we're also called to honor our parents. It's right. but but there is this distinct leaving that has to take place. And then that second half being the cleaving to the spouse. So you're mm-hmm. leaving these two families of origin, yep. and then there is this gluing together. And that's the word cleave that you yep. know that our King James friend loves the word <laughs> cleave, right? But it's um, this idea of gluing together. Yeah. So when Jesus in, in Matthew, I think it's 19, adds the phrase, so what God has joined together, nobody should separate that. That idea of joining is the idea of gluing. Yeah. So he's really harnessing from three different languages. I mean, you got you got Hebrew, uh, uh, Hebrew mm-hmm. in Genesis. You got Greek yep. in um, 
in Ephesians. And so these languages that they're finding the words to mean the same thing of this gluing together. Uh, And the the imagery often used, it's like in woodworking when you glue two boards together Mm -hmm. and you try and tear them apart. There's no way to do that cleanly. Right. Chunks of the other one will always tear off and you don't have a clean board. That's the picture there. And so, so much, I think, of our marital trouble comes from the not leaving our parents thing. Yes. So when we tell our, our Emily and I, when we do premarital, we tell them, so when you get frustrated at your spouse and you have a good old fashioned, what does Rick call it? A, 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 a uh, intense, intense discussion. Yeah, or, intense conversation. Yeah. So when you're, when you're fighting it out, uh, you don't go home to mommy and daddy. Hmm. When you, if you got to be out of the house, cause like you're losing your mind, you're going to go for a driver. You don't, my suggestion is don't go home to mommy and daddy. Right. Or when you've had that dialogue and you're frustrated and you need to get perspective from someone, I say, don't don't call mommy and daddy. I know it sounds harsh, yeah. but call a friend. Call your call, single friend. Call, <laughs> call the Jarvis Life Group. I mean, <laughs> call your Life Group people. Or, and not, that's not to say you never talk to your parents. Right. Don't hear me that like that. But but you've got to really consciously make that decision that I'm not going to go to them. Right. We're going to go to each other. So when you run out of money and you're struggling to figure out how you're going to pay the electric bill this month, your first solution should not be to go to mom and dad to get that money. And all the, all the parents in the, in the, that are listening are like, Chris, we hate you now. Don't ever talk to us again. <laughs> we want them to come to us. I know you do. <laughs> this is a problem. Uh, this is legitimately a problem. Yeah. And, and really who sets the tone for that is, I mean, the couple's got to try to figure that out. Right. But parents, we have to be better. Right. So, you know, at 24 years from now <laughs> for you, right, or, or 18 or 12 or whatever y'all do, you know, <laughs> but... um. Like as parents, you got to help your kids figure that out right. and share with them like, hey, you're going to figure this out. Go to each other. So right. when if one of my kids and both my kids have heard me say this so many times now that there's no hope. But if they were to come and be like, ah, my spouse is driving me nuts, I'd be like, cool, talk to them. Yeah. Cool. Would they? Cool. Would you should talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> what they say when you said that, <laughs> you know. So. Um, so, yeah, I think that's just a huge, huge piece. And yes. too often what we see is um, that that unhealthy reliance on parents yep, and um, and that damages this relationship here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, this is not at all to, to pat Julie and myself on the back because this was just our situation. So we got married yeah. right after college, which always works well for everyone. <laughs> but it's not abnormal. <laughs> Lots of folks abnormal. do it. Yeah. But we did it. And thank God he helped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but one great thing that happened is we, because of our work situations, we moved out of state. That's Fantastic. <coughs> best so best advice possible. Totally realize that's not feasible or realistic for everyone. No, but great advice. But oh my gosh, yep. to help that leaving part yep. where, hey, we have to figure out life insurance, health yeah. insurance. Yeah. We have to buy a new car. We have to wrestle with this tax bill that came like and all this stuff. And it's like, I could call my parents or Julie's parents and we can do the, the FaceTime group call and work through all of that. But man, the amount of growth that yeah. happened. Yeah for us toward each other, yeah. let alone personally, yeah. was immense because you're alone. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make your yeah. own friends, find another church, figure out all the finances, insurance, everything that goes along with that. And again, it's not like we love our parents and have great sure. relationships with them. Sure. But just figuring out how to do life with one another mm-hmm. is just easier mm-hmm. <laughs> when you have to do it alone. Mm-hmm. So moving out of state was great. Yeah. <laughs> again, that's not feasible or doable or even necessarily recommended for everyone yeah but finding a way to leave and really have that separation i'd recommend it for everyone is if just at all possible huge any the physical separation yes. just helps with yes. that yeah no i man i affirm that the the parent relationship was designed to be temporary 
yeah. the marriage relationship is designed to be forever. Mm. And so, um, I should have gotten that tattooed on my shoulder I'm instead of get on the other one. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write the book first, and then. But yeah, I think that's one of the most. Uh, it's just one of the most powerful things that parents can do for their kids. Yeah, is help them figure out that, how to leave and cleave. Because yeah. at the end of the day, and you know, you, you kind of joke about getting married straight out of college, but we're still kids yeah. in a lot of ways. You know, we were twenty-one when we got married. We were yep. kids. We thought we knew what we were doing. We kind of did, but not really. Yep. Um, and so. Uh, any any parent that can help them navigate that by yeah. pushing that couple to each other, yep. man, that's just the best thing you can do as a parent. Yep. You want your married kids to have the best yep. married life possible. Yep. Bailing them out is not necessarily the best thing you can do for them. With the reality that it's nice to have a safety net, and yes. we're going to be a safety net. Yes. We're going to let our kid live under a bridge somewhere. Although there's man, some nice bridges and living under that bridge, that bonding that would happen between <laughs> he and she. Holy cow. Fighting off the rats, fighting off the rats and yeah, lighting dumpster fires. Oh, and I'm just mm. cleavering. There's a <laughs> wow. Leaving and cleavering. Yeah. Something like that. So, so the two parter, the second. Oh, geez. That okay. Came in. Yeah. So I didn't forget it. I didn't want to forget it. Thank you. So with leaving and cleaving, sometimes that's hard with parental boundaries. <laughs> yes, it is. So what happens when they, the husband, in, in this scenario, but it could be either way. Mm. What happens when they aren't sticking up for their spouse in extended family drama and situations? So, <laughs> so Chris, solve all yeah, extended family no, drama. <laughs> the solution is really simple. It's uh, just do it. <laughs> just start sticking up for your wife. Stop it. Stop doing the other thing. Right. But it's uh, it's interesting in, in, in how it maybe relates to the first part of the question when it talks to them. Man must leave and cleave. Mm. Yeah, we think it's for both. It's not just for dudes, but some of you goes, well, maybe maybe dudes need to hear it double? I don't know. I don't know if there's more of that. But um, yeah, I don't I don't have a great answer. I mean, it, the, the, the answer is that uh, he and she got to talk. She's yeah. got to tell him, hey, I need you to stand up for me. He has to hear that. Um, hopefully <laughs> there's some good, solid men in his world that go, no, yep, you got to, yep, that's your wife. That's the most important relationship. Your parents, yep. you got to tell them to back off or pipe down or yep. whatever. And those are maybe not pleasant conversations. <laughs> but, um, you know, y- you were, if, if we're on a podcast, I want to say this the right way. <laughs> you were man enough yeah. to, uh, to be with her in ways that maybe no other man has ever been with her. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so you got to be man enough to step up to your parents too. Yeah, I mean, and 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 just help them understand what the boundaries are. Yeah, and uh, we've we've had that experience. I think probably every, uh, nearly every couple has had to figure that out. Yep. Every parent who's probably well-meaning has overstepped boundaries uh, inadvertently sure. or intentionally sometimes, but probably sure. more often inadvertently. Yep. And uh, finding a good way, uh, as the husband and wife talk about, okay, how does what does this mean? What do you mean, sweetheart? What did what did I not do? What did I miss? Help yep. me understand that. Boy, I missed that. I'm an idiot. I want to be intentional, engaged, and responsible. Here I go again. <laughs> so I'm going to engage in this. I'm going to have this intentional conversation with my parents to say, okay, look here. When you do this, it makes us feel like. Right. Please don't throw your spouse under the bus. When you do this, uh-huh. you really make my wife mad. Yeah. Because you're like this big. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, it makes us feel like, right? And so we would we would appreciate, yes, if, and and when the, you know, because parents are smart, go, oh, is this her telling you to say this? Your answer is, nope. <laughs> this is me. This is what I think. I Be- am saying this because you guys have had that discussion. You yes. do believe this, so yes, it's hard. It is. 
it's hard and and it's hard for uh i mean it's hard for both genders probably it's probably it's probably not a gender yeah. specific thing yeah and again it, it, it's easy to say i mean there's there are infinite number and in, in combination of scenarios where boundaries are crossed and some of them are healthy some of them are unhealthy some of them are weird some of them are awkward some of them are just whatever who cares yeah. like yeah. and so the level of involvement and response from either the husband or the wife can vary so yeah. it's i mean again it's easy to say like yes yeah set boundaries do all that sometimes there are healthy boundaries of it's not safe for us to do this anymore yeah so we're pulling right. back a lot more than maybe we even should just to be right. safe right and i i, I want to throw in that um uh wives don't try to pit your husbands against uh your their moms mm. so so you want to develop a good relationship with his mom which might mean sometimes having that extra measure of grace <laughs> <laughs> and letting some things slide, and I'd say vice versa for him. Yeah. Don't pit her against, you know, her dad type of thing. Yeah. Uh, don't don't use the "well, I'm the man in your life." Tell your dad to pipe down. Yeah. Um, while that may not, while that may be true, that needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, there's a better way to go at that, and and you wanna you wanna have his respect as well. And so, it just becomes challenging. And often I see it the other way. I see that the wife in the scenario is very frustrated because the husband isn't isn't defending uh, wife yeah. from mom, and right. so. There's just a caution there. Don't pit, don't pit her. Don't make him choose between you and her. The choice is right. It needs to be you, spouse. But yes, that's just an unfair. Yeah. Well, uh, I scenario. think. I mean, it, it, it all comes back to me to that that leaving and cleaving where yeah. your family is not dead to you, <laughs> <laughs> but your wife is your priority. Primary. Yeah. She is your main family unit. Yeah. That takes priority over everything. Yeah. So if there are things that are impeding that relationship. Yep. Between you two, between your kids, between that family unit, that is priority over every other relationship yep. except for your your spiritual relationship with Jesus. Yeah, I'd agree. And I, I'd, I'd actually say those things are so intertwined. Oh, yeah. You know, that spouse relationship and the relationship with Jesus. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've... Can't even rank said, those. Yeah. yeah. If, you have, if you're unhealthy in one, yeah. you're going to be unhealthy yeah, in the other. Yeah, for sure. So, yes. Uh, 100%. Chris, that's all the questions I have. Man. Are there more questions that you want to bring up? No, <laughs> not that. that you want to anybody that's hung on for an hour, I'm just impressed. I don't have that kind of stamina, so I'm just. Well, like, you made it through. I, I got to take a nap. <laughs> 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 no, I you know I appreciate. Thanks for thanks for letting me chat for a minute. Oh, yeah. uh, appreciate the questions that came in. Um, I just this is a topic that I think is massive in our world. Yes. Back to that question of why are Christians so much to the same level of messed upness? Yep. Uh, let's get this right. Yep. We can do that. Yep. We've got a God who does that. Yep. We've got a scripture that helps guide us. Yep. So let's change that tide in the next 10 years. Yeah. Would be cool. Yep. Thank God for God. Amen. Awesome. Well, thanks, Chris. Thank you all for submitting questions. Uh, keep the conversation going. Whether you're uh, liking, sharing, commenting, subscribing, doing all the cool social media stuff, playing Fortnite, talk about it on Fortnite, do all the good stuff. Mm. Chris, thanks again. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Cool.